If you guys have your Bible, you can turn in it. Casey, do you know what psalm we're on? Psalm 147. There's only 150 of them. So we're getting close. We're getting super close. But uh, this song, this uh, worship, when we pray prayers like this one, we are entering into something once again that is so much bigger than us. This prayer, like the one that we're going to pray to, uh, today, we don't just pray for ourselves. We actually pray them generationally. Like those who came before us prayed for us. This is one way that the Psalms teach us constantly, over and over and over and over again, to be selfless. Last week we talked about how just even the words, praise the Lord, is an act of self-abandonment and full devotion to Jesus. And this psalm is one of those self-abandonment type psalms. We pray this, this prayer generationally, and as we do, it ties us to the web that God has been creating since the beginning of time. In this, we get to be thankful for those who have come before us, not only Jesus, not only our ancestors, but all those who came before us because without them, we wouldn't be who we are. And I'm not just talking about our parents. Uh, and I'm not just talking about their parents and so on and so forth, but as many uh, Asian countries put it, we are thanking God for our ancestry. We're thanking God for all those who came before us and, and are grateful for all our ancestors. And we get to be thankful that step by step, person by person, our lives are built on those who come before us. Those who come before us. God has been faithful, not just to us, and our prayer isn't that God is just faithful to us, but as we look back, we can see that God has been faithful throughout generations, and then we can have faith and hope that for generations to come, God will be faithful as well. Lord willing, when we pray these, when we pray these as prayers, we are thankful for what he's God is doing in our lives but we're also hopeful for those who come after us we want those to come after us to worship and serve Jesus we want those who come after like so when I pray for my kids I also pray in that I'm praying for their kids and then I'm praying for their kids and then it just continues to grow and grow and we want and desire to be God, to be active and present in our lives, but also the lives of those who are coming after us. He is, God is ours, He is, was also our ancestors, and we want them, that, to continue on generationally. So this is to say that this praise, this song of praise and thanksgiving and worship is extended beyond ourselves. In part, again, to remind us that we're not selfish in this act. We're praying for those that even go beyond us. It's not all about us, amen? We can thank God for that. We are very important. God loves us very, very much. But it's also uh, uh, this bigger thing than just us as individuals. It's all about what Jesus is doing. And for that, we give him praise. So if you guys would, you can stand with me and pray this psalm. Or you don't have to. You can stand in your heart, except for Jake and uh, Jim, because they're here. So they have to stand in person. 
Jake's grimacing at me right now too. So Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rains for the earth. He makes grass to grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of a horse, nor in the pleasure in the legs of a man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear Him, in those who hope in His steadfast love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise the Praise your God, O Zion, for He strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of wheat. He sends out His command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down the crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before His cold? He sends out His word and melts them. He, st- he makes His wind blow and waters flow. He declares the word to Jacob, His statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know His rules. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. This psalm not only gives us the command to praise the praise the Lord, it gives us ample reason to praise God as well. It gives us a constant reminder of the big and small reasons why we as Christians get to worship Jesus. We raise our hearts in praise. We do so not just because we have to, but we do it for a reason. And if we can remember, we, and if we can't remember, we are reminded a lot of these reasons that God shows us today. In this prayer, we can see that God is the active agent. While we are fairly passive in this prayer, God is the one who is actively giving the good gifts to us. And we are the passive receivers who are saying, thank you, Lord, and we're going to sing you praise. When we look at this, we know that this is grace. We don't deserve anything that He gives us, and yet we accept it with open hands and say thank you. We don't really deserve all the blessings that God bestows us. And, and this grace, and it, it is His grace, so, it will be, uh, so we benefit by the actions of God in our lives. There is nothing that we can give God for these gifts. There is nothing that we can give Him, and we realize this. There's no way that we can buy them or earn them, and so we receive as a passive agent, which, when we do so thankfully, ignites in us this response of worship. Thankfulness for the activity of God in our lives. We are thankful not only for the saving grace that Jesus provided for us on the cross, but the constant grace that God has placed into our lives. And this prayer is one that is focused on those who are outcast and brokenhearted. 
And I know many of us have felt this way at times. Many of us have been this very person, the outcast and the brokenhearted. And one of the huge lessons I've learned throughout the 147 Psalms I've preached thus far in the 22 weeks that we've spent in Psalm 119 is that we get to submit our place and be the brokenhearted and the outcast. Jesus came for those who are sick So we are sick and we need Jesus. We are not made completely well and whole until we see Jesus face to face. And for now, we receive, when he says you're pure, spotless, holy before him, we receive that and the healing that comes along with that through faith. And one day it will be made complete in Christ and we'll be able to see it 100% fully. But for now, we need We need and we need help and we need grace and we need the constant action of a cosmic God in our life. God is a constant comfort for those who need Him, for those who humble themselves before before Him. Jesus is with us through any calamity that may come along and come upon us. Maybe we can't see Him, but He is there. And the Holy Spirit will lead us in the way that we are to go. Sometimes it's in the midst of the hard times He's leading us, and sometimes He leads us out of these hard times. So we get to be this outcast and these brokenhearted. There are moments in life when we feel this more acutely, amen? There are moments when we feel that the distress of this, we feel the sting that death and sin are trying to bring. And in those moments, we can witness and see the mercy and compassion and grace of the great God, our Father. For those who humble themselves before Him, He extends His comforts to those who feel the tragedy that life brings. I've been in these spots, and I know for sure that God feels my pain. He hears my cries, but many times I felt like as I'm crying, as I'm Calling out to God, God has joined me in His tears. What is breaking my heart is also breaking His heart. He doesn't like that sin and death have entered this world and they create so much damage. And He wants healing and wholeness. And so we get to come to Him for healing and wholeness. Not only that, but Jesus left the Holy Spirit to comfort us. And we get to let the Holy Spirit comfort us. This process looks different for everyone. However, the comfort that we get from the Holy Spirit is a, is a blessing that extends beyond momentary relief. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came for those, not those who are well, but those who are sick. Jesus took a beating So that by His stripes, we might be made well. That sin and death break God's heart so much that He sent His one and only Son to die for us. And Jesus went willingly to the cross to take away our sins and forgive us our sins and give us His righteousness so that we might share in His heart towards the brokenness that we might feel. He knows that we're hurting and He wants us to know that He's felt it as well. Not only that, but Jesus wants us to have life. And He said repeatedly, He wants us to not only have life like just barely survive, but a life to the full. So He also came that we might taste comfort. 
That, we, that comfort might not take us away from God, but that we can have the comfort of peace of mind. He came that we might taste healing and health. And that Jesus has come, the power, and, and the power that He has, He has come in the power to bring this healing and health and this comfort. And we get to submit to this Christ for the grace that He wants to bestow on us. Because it is true, we can resist this grace. We can resist it. We can say, no, thank you, God. I would rather this other thing. But the Lord lifts up the humble, but he casts down the wicked. Humble people who are willing to ask and receive help and recognize that they need to live in this place are the ones who receive. This is not a taking advantage. This is not like, Uh, Jim and I were talking about politics in the 80s. This is not like shaming those who need help and the welfare baby type stuff. No, we are that person. We need this help. It's legitimate. It's a true place that we get to be before God, our King. We also then get to sing thanksgiving to the Lord. We get to make melody or for those of us who can't necessarily make melody, you know who I'm talking about. And um, yes, thank you for raising your hand. We get to at least attempt to make melody before God. He will receive our praise as an offering to Him, even if the people around us won't. And Jim, I wrote that down before we had our conversation. I'm just saying. Well, I wrote that so that that's directly for you, brother. Even in this, God gives us a reason to sing His praise. It's not just sing praise, do it because I told you to. We can see that we sing praise for God, for God, to God for more than just salvation. More than what Jesus just did for us on the cross. Our praise extends way further than that. In Psalms like this one, we can see to the extent that we get to be thankful. In this prayer, we praise Him for clouds and for rain and for the growing of grass, for the food for the beast, even for young ravens when they cry out. I'm sure this list could go on and on and on and on. And I'm sure we can also praise God for the sun whenever it decides to come out. That we can praise God for the birds other than ravens. That we are... Examples of, of these are examples of things that we get to praise God for. And in these things, we can see that God is taking care of them. That God is the one that provides the hills with grass. That He, in doing that, provides meals for the beast and places for the birds to do and to eat and to have goodness in life. And He does this with abundance. Do you know that one robin can eat 14 feet of earthworm a day? We had like 10 robins in our backyard. That's a lot of earthworms. And God is providing those earthworms. And He is willing and He will and is doing the same for us. He's giving us His abundance and His goodness. We are also given a reminder that our praise doesn't end in creation. It extends and goes to the Creator. If we thank God for the beauty and the strength of our horse, our worship isn't directed towards the horse. It is lifted up as a song to praise Jesus. If we look at mountains and we see their beauty and we sing out praise, we are not praising the mountains. We look beyond that to the one who created them. 
If we see something uh, amazing that mankind has accomplished, and I believe that us as mankind have accomplished some amazing feats, our worship doesn't end. It doesn't terminate on the act itself or human ingenuity, but we sing praises to God for all his wonderful gifts that he's given us. Because us as Christians, our hope is in Jesus. We are thankful for his bounty. We don't worship the bounty, whether that be houses, cars, material blessings, whether it be praise bestowed upon us or anything like that. We don't worship the bounty. We praise, our praise goes beyond that to worship Jesus. And we do this because we are reminded that if a hill has grass, God gave it the rain. That surely if God would give the hill grass, that God will take care of us. And in this, we take pleasure. Not only do we take pleasure, but we are secure. Not only are we secure, but we believe that we're just provided for in Jesus, for salvation, absolutely, but for all of life. And you can see in this worshipful song that God, what God does for us and what He does for us stretches further than we normally think. It is literally everything that God has done and is doing for us. He's given the generations that come before us. He's given the power to heal and to comfort. He's given the clouds and the rains for food. There is so much history and mystery in this. There's so much science and just natural order that God has made happen that is happening that we get to sing praise to God for it all. In this, our praises will never end because His gifts are never ending. God has also given us a place of worship. Our place looks like this right now. There's a couple people here, a couple people online. A couple people that just can't join us today, and that's okay. In Jesus' time, you would have gone to worship in a temple. A couple times a year, you would have gone up to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and it would look like and represent the glory of God that's going to come down to earth. It would have been a place in the midst of this city, and you would have been able to find places there to pray, to call out to God at this temple. It would have been a place of protection because it was within walls. It would have been a place of power as the, the, worshiping, the life of the worshiping nation would have taken place there. It would have also been a place of historical value. You would have known that your generations before would have come here. So this place, the place that you go for worship, that your family has been going to for generations, it's, it's history is it's history changing and it's world changing and it has a place of great power and great grace. This is the temple. This is what it would represent. And we have this place in Jesus Christ. Amen. When he died on the cross, the temple veil that separated the people from the Holy of Holies, the place where it was said God's presence would dwell, was torn in two. And that became Jesus. Jesus became human, but is now seated at the right hand of God our Father as the place of our worship. Our place is not the Temple Mount, but in the person of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the one who gives us strength. Amen? He is the one that blesses our children. May he continue to bless them. He is the one who who can make peace within our borders. I'd say he's the only one who can make peace within our borders. He is the one who fills us with finest wheat, with good food. Jesus is the one who who is commanding the earth to run and order itself. And then he holds that order himself. Jesus is the one who gives the snow and the frost, both of which are needed to have this world run properly. And Jesus is the one who shapes all the weather patterns. It is true that when we complain against the weather, we are complaining about against God. It is also true throughout the entirety of the Psalms, humans complain to God. And we prove that week after week in the Northwest. We're just proving the Bible to be true. He is also the one who sends forth his word. His breath is the only way that hearts can melt. Jesus is the one who makes the winds blow and the waters flow. This is how big our God is. And this is this big God. Jesus is the one who keeps his promises and his rules. And in this, Jesus is our place of peace. Amen? In this, Jesus is our place of protection. In this, Jesus, there is our history and the world-shaping Savior that we offer our praises to Him and we sing it out and we live it out and we strive to continually humble ourselves before the mercy and compassion of this great Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus, we find tremendous power that comes in the midst of our weakness. In Jesus, we find tremendous grace as a free gift that we don't deserve, but we are certainly thankful for. Constant theme in the Psalms has been that we are invited to see the greatness of God. We are invited to see it. And if we can't see it in our lives, look outside our lives, look at the clouds that are in the sky. And we can see that the entirety of creation, we can see God's grace in that. We can also see the constant grace and compassion He shows us that we're just here today based on our generations past. And we can then also have hope for the generations to come. Grace and mercy, let us praise the Lord. Let us be comforted by His mercy and His grace Let us be assured by His power and His might. And let us rest in His protection that He gives us. And may we let Jesus shape our lives as He has shaped history, which is monumental. And we can agree with the second line of this prayer. It is good to sing praise to God. Amen? It is pleasant and it is fitting to sing praises to Jesus. He builds... And He gathers, He heals and He comforts, He holds and sustains all things. He gives bounty and we take pleasure. It is fitting to sing praise. So let us sing praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord.